Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello and Happy New Year and welcome to episode number 350. 350 episode of Mets Musings and I uh, hope you all had a great holiday season and uh, we're back with more episodes and we're going to do something that we did last year. We did a, uh, a fan forum. It was uh, a great time. Everybody loved it. So we're back again. Slightly different cast of characters this time, but uh, just one change, really. But we're back. And uh, with me tonight is my former co-host and uh, Mets extraordinaire, no knowledgeable person, Barry. Barry's over there. Barry, welcome back to Mets Musing. Thank you, Gary. I'm happy to be here. I, you guys had such a blast on that last roundtable meeting. I, I just couldn't wait for you to do another one, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this one. And a happy new year to you, Gary, as well. Well, we're so happy to have you with us, and also joining us this evening is the boys from Baseball and Barbecue, and they are back uh, to uh, comment on the Mets with us. Len and Jeff, guys, Hi. welcome back. Thank, Thank you. Gary. Thanks, Gary. I'm glad uh, I'm glad the price you're charging us to come back isn't too high. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Same to you. We're only charging by the hour here to use the studio. We are in a different... Uh, Location tonight, we're in Studio B. This is actually the Talking Golf with Gary. Get that plug in there, if I may. Uh, studio. So, uh, but it's more conducive to having people, a uh, number of people, as is the other one. It's just really a one-person studio. So that's why it looks a little different behind me this week. Uh, but we'll get back to the old place uh, coming up as the season progresses. But we're here really tonight. To talk about the Mets a little bit here, and uh, basically uh, we we have a, a new general manager, and we talked about him the last time, but now he's actually gone to work and done some things. So, uh, uh, Barry, let's start with you. What do you uh, think of the job that uh, Mr. Van Wagenen has done so far? Well, Gary and Jeff and Len, it's definitely a GM that thinks outside the box, which kind of goes against what the Mets have done over the years. I would say that the job is not finished yet because there are still holes that need to be plugged in, but so far, he's he's on the right track. And uh, guys, what's your thoughts on uh, Mr. Van Wagenen? Jeff, go ahead. Well, he's... uh Made those trades, you know, for Cano and uh, Diaz, which are, uh, you know, good pickups. I think Cano, even though he's at the later end of his career, he is still, right now, the best hitter on, on the team. And Diaz is uh, really a very good closer. Uh, I, I'm i concerned that we have too, at first we didn't have enough outfielders, now, now we have too many. With uh, <laughs> picking up uh, Kenyon Braxton, but not only him... Uh, I, I just remembered uh, Greg Blanco we picked up and Roger Davis we picked up. So we have a plethora of, of center fielders, not, uh, 
not a very good, well, I shouldn't say not very good ones. They're very adequate ones. Uh, but, you know, the big guy out there is uh, AJ Pollock, which uh, I guess the fans want, and I fear he's probably too expensive to get. Well, um, I think a lot of those guys, too, were just uh, really insurance in case somebody gets hurt, mainly Juan Lagaris, who, who uh, tends to get hurt all the time. So, I, you know, they picked up a number of guys just to cover themselves. But, Len, what are your thoughts on the job that uh, Brody Van Wagenen, I think I'm saying that right, is yeah. doing so far? Uh, one, the, the big trade he made with Cano and, and Davis, right? Uh, yes. Diaz, sorry. Um, I thought it was interesting. I think I might have mentioned this on the last episode. He was involved in the whole deal with, um, with Seattle. Right, I think he negotiated that. And it was just very interesting. As an agent, he probably said to Seattle, "Oh, ten years, you won't regret the last few years of that deal. You know, he'll be just as good in the beginning as he is in the end. And now, look who's got the end of the contract. He does. So it's just funny that. Uh, let's see what happens with that. Uh, this past weekend, he made a number of moves. I can't say that I followed them all. Because it seemed like every every hour there was a different move made. <laughs> I know he traded Pluecki, um, but those moves, the the little ones, right, the ones that you you really maybe you don't know the players as well. Those are the ones that later in the season are the ones that seem to be uh, the moves that you're like, oh wow, I'm glad we got this guy. So he's he's busy, you know. He's not he's not staying put. He's doing a lot moving a lot of pieces, and I think he's, based on the activity, he's doing fine. Let's see what happens in the season and spring training, and I'd like to see what the team is when he's all done. Well, I, I, you know, uh, I think he's doing okay. I'm, I'm glad that he's being a little uh, uh, aggressive, and, and uh, talking about aggressive, that's my dog, uh, Jackson putting his two cents he's in. I giving guess he his, likes the job that you uh, like. You like Van Wagenen? The, yeah, the job he's doing so far. <laughs> oh, he do, he doesn't like the Pluecki deal, <laughs> no. Gary. He's he's upset. Well, I that's think he's a big he's Pluecki fan. To me, uh, <laughs> he knows. I, I wasn't crazy about trading Pluecki either because I thought he was probably the better of the two between him and Darno. Uh, Darno being injured all the time. But uh, and Plawecki's a year or two younger, so well, I thought. If, if I may, Gary, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, uh, first of all, Plawecki signed a, uh, a he avoided arbitration today with uh, the Indians. But I think they kept Darno because Brody said he's more versatile. He can play different positions, which I think is the reason why they kept uh, Darno instead of Plawecki. Hey, yeah. Gary, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to jump in on the Darno versus Plawecki apparent disagreement between some of the some some of the Mets fans and and what have you. I'm not exactly sure and you know I'm not the biggest fan of Darno, but I'm not exactly sure when Plawecki became the second coming of Johnny Bench and Darno the second coming of Junior Ortiz. But the difference is not that great between the two guys. And I think between Wilson Ramos and Darno, hopefully you get hundred sixty two games combine out of the two of them and the trick will be that they're not injured at the same time so you'll have a a somewhat quality catcher all the time in the Mets lineup I mean when Darno was healthy 
he's a decent player. And as a backup catcher, you know Ramos is going to get hurt. He's the one player for now comes to the Mets with a history of injury. So we know what we're getting with him. But obviously the Mets had to do something about the catching position. And like you guys said, there are still other positions that they have to improve on. But it is only January 9th. Um, there is time. But again, Pulwecki versus Darno, I don't see being that big a deal. One well, it's funny because it's, it's an injury-prone team, right? They're an injury-prone yes. team, and they're bringing in guys who are injury-prone. That's, I, I, I that's mean, the thing that concerns me. Yeah, uh, you know they're injury prone, and you're bringing them in with, on the, it. with the exception of Cano because he does play every day. Now he won't hit, hustle to first base, but he'll play every day. <laughs> and AJ Pollock too. Right, he's had one full season, which was a tremendous season. But the last two years, he's averaged about 15 to 20 home runs, about 400 at bats maybe a 260, 265 average. And the numbers we're hearing for Paul, those are, those are insane. I, I was hearing like five years, 75 to $80 million. I mean, wow. for that kind of production, I mean, you want a little something better than that. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I guess just going back to the Pulecki thing, I, I, I just think out of the... The, the the choices that they have now, he would be the least one to get hurt. Um, and, you know, between Darno and, and Ramos, I think we're going to see a lot of Tomas Nito yes. <laughs> this year um, uh, catching. Now, you know, maybe that, it's not a bad thing. Maybe he'll t- his time will come. He's, he's still young. And uh, he has had exposure the past two seasons, which is a good thing. He's got the experience. The pitching staff knows him, so there's no, uh, there's not going to be that that gap of uh, him coming in cold, you know. And and maybe he'll be in another year older, another year stronger. He'll know the league. Maybe he'll hit a little bit better. He did get some uh, big hits. He got some nice hits towards the end of last season when he was playing a lot more. Um, interesting that Devin Mezzarocco is still out there. I mean, there's still a bunch of free agents out there, too. So, you know, there'll be guys that maybe they can pick up uh, if need be uh, come spring training. But I, I just thought that the Pulecki, uh, I thought because of the youth, and I get what you said, Jeff, about the uh, versatility. They say he can play left field. Now, all of a sudden, he can play third base. I, I, you know, we're going to have 14 guys playing third base and 12 playing first, and none of them are first baseman or third baseman. <laughs> um, you know, I saw a thing last night on MLB, and, and they've got Jeff McNeil penciled in at first base. And I thought I thought he was going to play third base with Frazier or switch off with Frazier. Now, all of a sudden, he's playing first base. I, I don't know. I like to have a guy, you know, what happened to Alonso and, and the guy that I think is totally lost, and you guys can agree or disagree with me, but you don't hear a peep about Dominic Smith. It's like he just right. disappeared off the face of the earth. Right. No, it's it, true. Uh, I think Dominic Smith will probably start the year at first base because they, they have to keep Alonzo down there for two weeks you know to uh, keep that eligibility but uh, you know it's yeah I, I think Smith will be first but McNeil is supposed to be the new uh, the new versatile guy who can play everywhere 
uh, the Zobris type of, type of player. Yeah. And the Met fans are going to lose their mind when that happens. When they do send Alonzo down for the first couple of weeks to the, you know, to control his service time, you know that's going right. to happen. Yeah. But I agree a hundred percent. He will not right. start the season on the big league roster. But hopefully he'll come up shortly after that and be the type of player that the Mets and the fans hope he will be. Yeah, because they'll have a great spring training. And that's what'll happen. They'll have a great spring training, and then they'll send him down for those two weeks. Yeah. Well, and uh, that's you know that's the business of the game. Every team does it now, yeah. and yeah. I guess yeah. you have to you have to expect that to happen at this point in time. Chris All right. So uh, yeah. we think he did a pretty good job so far. Um, yeah. What do you guys think about some of the trades that that uh, that he has done? We mentioned about the Canone Diaz. You like that deal? Um, what about this Broxton trade? Uh, anybody got any input on that? Uh, Barry, you want to jump in on that one? Yeah, sure. It doesn't exactly move the needle for me, but he had a decent season a couple years ago. He had twenty home runs. He steals some bases. He's a good defensive center fielder. Does he get my level of excitement up to the point where I want it to be? No. But, you know, what are they that the Mets need depth? And you know Juan Lagares is going to get hurt. Is going to get hurt. And, you know, and uh, the Mets need backup players, I suppose, if they don't do anything else. You guys touched on A.J. Pollock to pick him up at those kind of dollars, I, I just, you know, I, I just don't think he's worth that kind of, if, you know, that that kind of money for those, those number of years, considering the history of injury. But if the market can come down a little bit for Pollock, and he's a local guy, I'd love the Mets to try and get him. And then maybe you work out a deal, you know, I'm sure that there would be other teams that would have a need for a pretty good defensive center fielder, like a Juan Lagares. I don't think uh, Jackson is too happy about it, so that automatically makes him my wife's favorite dog because Juan Lagares is her favorite player. <laughs> I tell you, the guy I really wanted the Mets to pick up was the uh, center fielder from Minnesota, uh, Byron Buxton, I think his yeah. name was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kenny Braxton is the t- same type of player. And they really didn't give up much for him. Jackson. Uh, the, the only player I know that they gave up of, of the three players they did was was Bobby Wall, who they got from the uh, Jerry Jerry's Familiar deal, along with Will Toffee. Yeah. Uh, other two other ones, Adam Hill and, and Bobby uh, and Felix Valero, you know, never heard of them, so it's really no uh, no big loss. And as I said, these are the moves that later in the season, you know, they fortify your bench. They're going to, they might pan out. I like the move of taking David Wright into the front office. I got to tell you, that's a good move. <laughs> you know, there you go. That's, the, that's a move that I know. <laughs> I recognize that name, David Wright, front well, office. The, the thing about that is they, they did release him from the 40-man roster. So right, now, uh, exactly. Now they have a roster spot they yeah. can use. So he's going to be the highest paid front office guy. Yeah, well. But I want, you know what? Do they have to give him a salary for that as well? 
<laughs> he probably said, wait a second. You got to give me a salary for front office. Well, uh, the, the playing thing, that's separate. They, they save the meal money, though. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> well, they, they restructured this contract. He, right. Uh, yeah. He's only going to give only. He's only going to get nine million this year instead of fifteen million. So uh, he'll save them some money. And then he goes on the Bobby Bonilla plan. And well, he goes on the Bobby Bonilla plan. Not as long, though, thank goodness. Right. But it's only for a couple of years, right. I think. I don't think it's, it's as long as Bonilla. Right. But, uh, and then uh, I think I wrote you today, Barry, that uh, asking the question, you know, uh, with Cespedes, they should have some uh, insurance money coming on Cespedes, I would imagine. So um, I, gu- I guess they will. Be able to use that money because he, you know, he's if he plays at all this year, it's not going to be till very late in the season. Right. And with the Mets, it's always later than sooner. So anything the Mets get out of Cespedes this year is a bonus. Yeah, without a doubt. And they kind of even said that. Uh, I think Brody said uh, no, not uh, Omar, Omar. Manaya said that a few weeks ago or last week that anything they get is going to be gravy out of Cespedes. So. Um, are they still needing a bath? Do they still need something? I mean, uh, you got a, a, a healthy Michael Conforto coming and back. Um, and as uh, Dan, Dan O'Dowd said last night on MLB Now, that uh, don't forget, he, he blew last, the six, first six months of the season or first three months of the season he really wasn't healthy. I mean, I you know, he, that was a very tough injury he, he had in 17. And he did not really, he, he should have come back in May as the original plan, I think. Um, they should have never brought him back that quickly. And uh, so you're going to have him healthy. We saw what he could do when he was healthy. Um so him coming back is that bad? Is that enough with the uh, addition of Cano? And uh, what do you, what do you think about that, Jeff and Len? Well, I think uh, with Cespedes, you had the uh, you know that that heavy hitter, that, that kind of fear factor you had. Oh, you know we have to pitch around Cespedes. Uh, it'd be great if Conforto could be that type of of player where you know the other teams want uh, want to pitch around him because he is he could be that that good. But, you know, it doesn't have that fear factor yet. Um, you know, with Cano, he can add some pop. You know, I, I, I mean, Frazier's a nice guy, but, you know, you just, mm. it's, it's all or nothing with him, and he's right. really more nothing than all. Um, I, I really think we need to upgrade that position uh, because he just strikes out too much. Uh, but I'm hoping that at Nimmo can get on base at a, at a very high clip, maybe bring the average up at, along with the uh, walks. And if Conforto can really, you know, put the ball, you know, hit the ball all field, use all field, and, and uh, put some pop over the wall, that'd be great. So if the season starts today, who's your big bat in the lineup? Conforto? Well, Conforto and, and Cano. Cano, yeah. I, and Ramos. And, and Ramos, right? Yeah. Remember, Cano is coming off uh, a suspension for steroid use, right? But he never misses a game except for that. He, I, I understand. Every, every day. But he's also... He's towards the end of his career. I, I think he's going to have a good year. Well, let me address that one, one, one okay. second. Uh, he's what, 35, 36 years old? Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, something like 
uh, Jeter's played until he's 40. Nobody, nobody, nobody made a mention about his age when he was getting 35, 36, 37. He was still lauded as a, a very good player. Why isn't Cano? And he was playing in a position that really, had he moved to third base, he may have been even, he might have been able to play another couple yeah, of years because yeah. he probably, uh, you know, it's not the wear and tear of the position. And second base is, you know, it's, it's tough, but they got, they might, he may be another first baseman that we have. Right, but my, another. My, my, my point is, <laughs> when did 35 become old? Maybe oh. when you get traded to the Mets. Yeah. Right. It, no, become, look, Mark, it okay. becomes old. Okay. I just so, hope he doesn't turn into another right. Bayerga. Okay, so so Cano and Conforto, those those are your that's those are your big bats. And Ramos and then supposedly supposedly Frazier. But and, you and, hope, yeah, you hope Frazier and yeah. or Alonzo down the road. Alonzo, right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah, Alonzo, right. yeah, that's right. true. Right. Good that point. that's who that's who you're hoping, but because um, right now they could really use one more big bat. They could use another bat in that lineup. And I don't if know the price comes get. down, I'd love them to go after A.J. Pollock, and then Ligaris becomes your fourth outfielder. You know someone's going to get hurt. Right. And he'll get his playing time, and as a part-time defensive replacement center fielder, he's fine. You always have – it's it's Broxton or – I get the Broxton. two guys uh, mixed up too. It's Broxton. Okay. He can always just half of it Syracuse. Isn't it wonderful that it's not Vegas anymore? Yes. <laughs> they don't have to make that ridiculous three thousand mile trip to to bring up a triple A player. So for the depth in the organization, which everyone complains they just didn't have any, to bring these players in, not that we know who these players are, but to get the desperately needed organizational depth these are pretty good moves. The one thing I don't like, and I think I mentioned that to you the, the last time, is the role they have in mind for Jeff McNeil as like a super sub. I would just leave him in a position, just put him in a position. If it's a platoon, third base role with Todd Frazier, that would be fine. I'm sure Cano is going to need days off so he could fill in at second. And I still think the Mets need another infielder. They don't have a backup shortstop for Rosario, and they, 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 they need to fill that. And let me throw this at you guys. As a backup shortstop and a fill-in infielder, what about bringing us Drupal Cabrera back? Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, would be, I would be fine with that. Yeah, Why not? I mean, it's a good point that, that you know, his name's out there, and uh, is he going to want to come back and be in a backup role? I mean, that's the other thing. Um, you know, he did make that comment that he wanted to get traded two years ago, I think, when he was here, was that? Um, he did get traded last year, but uh, no, I, I don't have a problem with that if that's the way they want to go. Um, he knows the city, you know, he can play here, he knows the ballpark, so. It's not an awful move by any means necessary. And these are the Mets. You know he's going to get playing time. Right. And that's why I didn't mention the other <laughs> utility player that's out there because I don't think he'd want that role as a backup player. That would be Marwin Gonzalez. I think he'd be looking for a regular position, and he, he'd probably be out of the Mets' price range anyway. Yeah, I would love to get He'd be a wonderful acquisition, he though. Yeah. He would. He can yeah. play all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Barry, you make a good point, though, about the uh, 
uh, no backup and shortstop, that's a little disconcerting when you think about it because we don't even have Wilma Flores who you could throw in there in, uh, in an extreme emergency. Right. Um, I guess McNeil would be your, your in, in, a, in a real pinch until um, they could bring up somebody. Um, as you said, though, this year will be in Syracuse, so it won't be as bad. I don't know. Anybody out there that they could possibly bring in? Well, I, I, to be I'm, that backup? I'm actually looking at the men's, men's 40-man roster, and they have they still have on, on the on the 40-man roster Gavin Caccini, uh, Luis Gomez, and, and T.J. Rivera. I mean, okay. each of those guys can play shortstop, but you know they'll probably be down Syracuse if Rivera gets hurt during a game to put someone in there. Yeah. It'll probably be a uh, McNeil type. Galorme would probably be the guy I, I would think of because he was a shortstop and uh, was drafted as a shortstop, I believe, and then really moved to second so Rosario could play um, when when Rosario got the AAA, I think it was. Uh, maybe it was Binghamton where they, they both. Uh, but Galorme, as you say, yeah, the time that you brought that up, he's probably the guy that would be the best uh, Go. I have the solution. I know who the backup shortstop for the New York Mets can be this season, and his name is Manny Machado. Yes! Yes! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he, he could fight out for the position they could, with uh, Rosario. They could, they could fight it out. Let the best man win. <laughs> Well, listen, you know, I had said that uh, I would have traded Rosario in a Real Muto deal if they could have got a Real Muto, who, who still was with the Marlins and still uh, threatening to trade him, the Marlins are. So um, it looks like the Braves may be in on him. And let's take a look at the, the National League East. And uh, uh, Brody Van Wagenen said the Mets were the favorites. I know why he said that. Uh, he's trying to sell tickets, trying to get the fan base excited. Um, there is improvement. I think they will be in more of a, a, a contending position this year than they were last year. But, you know, you got to look at some of the other teams. And, and the Braves have improved themselves. They, they've added some good players. Uh, the Phillies seem to be on the verge of signing Machado, and they've signed David Robertson, and I uh, uh, can't think of the uh, uh, Andrew McCutcheon is uh, a Philly McCutcheon now, McCutcheon. right? Right. Um, the Nationals signed uh, a pitcher, uh, Corbin. Corbin. Yep. Corbin? Yeah, they've got a nice staff. Um, well, they lost also Gio Gonzalez, who was a Mets killer. Well, they, they traded him. They, yeah, but now he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and the room is now that Harper could be going back to them, and they'd have a good young outfield with the Soto and I can't think of the other guy and, and Harper if he goes back there. So, um, what do you think of the National League East? Uh, Barry, we'll start with you. Well, the Mets are not the favorites, but if they and you know we say this every year, if they get the the pitching and it stays healthy, and now that they have fortified the bullpen. Somewhat, well, more than some. They've got the the best closer in the game based on last year's statistics. So the you know, 
the bullpen's going to be better. And it's deeper now that you can have Familia cover the eighth inning and we can push Seth Lugo to the seventh inning. Still would I be nice to get a to get a lefty in there. But if the Mets pitching holds up, they they should be in the mix. Now, of course, these other guys have to come through. You you need the Robinson Cano that we all know, not not the not the one that was was caught, you know, caught with the steroids and now is on the back nine of his career. And you would think his production is going to go down, but again, if the Mets can get some of these some of these players and get some of the depth that they have been sorely lacking, you know, to get a, a, a some backup players that will will get plenty of playing time, uh, they they yeah, they should be in the hunt. And as, as again, it it all comes down to, and we say this every year, the health and mostly the the, the pitching. Because their first four, I mean, no one's got a first four like, no one's got a first four like that. Right. Yeah, with pitching like that, that's that's what you look at. They're pitching. When you get pitching like that with Degrom and Syndergaard and Wheeler and Mats and I mean Vargas will be, I guess your fifth starter. When you have pitching like that, as long as you could score some runs, you're going to be in every game. Mets problem the last few seasons besides health is they're not scoring runs and they or they're definitely not scoring them at the right time so if they get the offense going I I think they're going to be in the mix like you said in the mix uh but they're definitely not the best team in the National League East because look at the year the Phillies and the Braves had and they've only gotten better well uh the Phillies actually ended below 500 uh, they they were pretty good at you know for most of the year, but they they struggled down down the pipe, but down the. Uh, and where the Mets finish? Well, they finished behind them, but they they didn't have they didn't have a good uh, couple of months, you know. Right. But uh, <laughs> uh, the best thing that for the Mets would be for Harper to sign in L.A. and Machado sign in Chicago, <laughs> or, or, or the or the other side in town, because that will improve the Mets' chances. Um, the the Nationals got a nice picture with Corbin, although when they lost Gonzalez, they traded him last year, now he's a free agent, he was really a Met killer, and he's a lefty. And you know what? I'd advocate bringing him in and try to get rid of Vargas. I think that would be an improvement to our, our pitching staff. The uh, Phillies, you know, McCutcheon, could he get the, uh, bring back the magic when he had in Pittsburgh? I don't know. Uh, but like Barry said, they're, they're going to be in the mix. And hopefully, if the two big free agents sign out out of the division, they'll be uh, will be even better. And remember, the uh, Braves lost uh, Nick Markakis, who was one of their best players last year, so he's out there. I'm, I, I suppose he'll come back, but uh, but he, right now he's a free agent. And and you know who knows? Well, yes, I know Acuna was terrific, and and uh, the other young guy that the Braves had, but can they do it again? Is there a sophomore jinx? You know, the second year, uh, sometimes you, you can't repeat what you did the first year. And, um, you know, we saw it with Michael Conforto. He was great when he came up in 15, mm-hmm. struggled in the beginning of 16, showed, uh, you know, he came around again. And, uh, but uh, it's not that easy to repeat like that. And the same thing with the Nationals. So I, I think they'll be in the hunt. And like you said, uh, with that pitching staff, if they're healthy, uh, 
you know, they could be like the 69 Mets on the 50th anniversary of the team, by the way. Uh, you know, get the good pitching, score three runs, and, and, and win 3-2 to two or 2 nothing or something. Uh, that's the way they did it in 69. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting – it's still going to be an interesting the rest of this offseason and probably one of the most interesting that we've had in a number of years – as well as the uh, spring training to see how everything all shakes out because there are still a lot of questions and every team has questions. I mean, Washington's still trying to figure out who's playing second base. Uh, you know, uh, Colorado's trying to figure that out because they uh, Washington lost Murphy and uh, thank goodness. Thank goodness, see, he yeah, killed the Mets. Gone. Oh my, for three years. <laughs> For three years, we, we saw him burn the Mets. And, and where did he go again? Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. So we're not going to see him that much. He's not going to kill us. We'll see him God. for six games. I'll be it. He'll, he'll probably win the batting title out there, but that's fine. Who cares? Um, you know, uh, so, and as you say, Gio Gonzalez, hopefully, will be gone from the, uh, he's gone from the Nationals now. Uh, so um, it would be good not to having to face those two guys as much. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting thing. I mean, the question it's going to be is, uh, as we said earlier about Cespedes, can he be back? Um, will Alonso make a, 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 a you know a, that much of a, a mark in spring training that they're either forced to, to keep him or send him down and bring him back up in two month, weeks? You know, everybody did. Look, the Cubs did it a few years ago with Chris Bryant. Right. So, I mean, it's it's the business. You just got to be used to it now. Uh, it is what it is, and you just have to accept it. But um, it's going to be interesting. We're going to try to get uh, Peter Alonzo on his show again. Uh, had him on last November, uh, not this past November, the November before. Um, so I do have a connection. <laughs> we'll try. I'd like to address a point Barry made about a lefty in the bullpen. Uh, we have right now, well, I think Daniel Zamora is the lone lefty, and he's still unproven, although I did like what I've seen out of him last year. Blevins is, is out there. We know what he is. And he had a very bad first half. Maybe he was better in the second half. Uh, the other lefty that I know is out there, which I'm going to cringe when I say it. I think you guys know. He's right on the sheet here, Ollie P. Uh, I've got him right. I've got him down on my little little crib notes here. And you would mention him the last show, I believe. Was, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And he hasn't been a Met for almost ten years. Yeah. He's still in the big leagues and has a, a situational lefty, lefty yeah. with the Nationals. And I, I think his last name was the Indians. Indians yeah. He he's, must be doing something yeah. right to. Stick around the majors for he's almost a ten years after. Lefty's yeah. just mm-hmm. lefty. and you know he he he's not one of Brody's guys. So you know Brody has no legion. Maybe he will bring him in. Who knows? I know the oh, fan base will go nuts. Oh. You know, but uh, yeah, Ali Petty, yeah. Because the the other names, the other lefty potential lefties in the pen are certainly nothing to get excited about. I mean, does Zach Duke excite anybody? No. There you go. <laughs> okay. um, but he is out there, and he is a lefty, and, and you know maybe he can uh, catch fire or something. Or, or uh, you know, uh, Blevins is an interesting choice because 
Uh, he had two good, really good years here, and then last year was just horrible. And as you say, the first half of last year, um, you know, is it, it is he done, or did, was it just a, a you know, bullpens are up and down every year. One year they're good, the next year the same bullpen could suck. Um, you know, no, you're right. Could could they bring right. back uh, Blevins and he'd be good this year? I mean. Um, who knows? I, mean, I don't think anybody knows. Uh, and you know, we forgot to mention the signing of Familia uh, to bolster that the, that bullpen up. I think that was a very good move by Van Wagen. I mean, he's got, he's got guys that he can close if if they use Diaz a number of days. He's got Familia he can close. He's still got Gazelman. Right. Uh, he's still got the uh, Lugo. I, there's a lot of depth there in in the pitching staff. Um, of course, we don't want to use the depth or uh, have to to even try to see what what depth are. But we still Corey Oswald and uh, the other young guy that uh, can't think of his name either. See what happens when you get older, folks. The Mets picked up a guy on, on the Rule Five draft line named Kyle Dowdy. Who has to be on the uh, on the roster this year, or if we have to offer him back to? I don't remember where we got him from, uh, but he's a, a Rule Five guy that's that's got to be on the roster. And uh, what about uh, Franklin Galorme? He uh, he's a, uh, a prospect who we got, and I think the I think he got hurt. He I got think hurt? I think he had figures. Tommy. I think he had Tommy John surgery. Well, you know, it's funny. You have a list here of players with all their pictures, and it's funny, Kyle Dowdy. He's the only one that just has its grayed out. They don't have a picture for him. Nobody knows what he looks Nobody like. Knows him, yeah. <laughs> He's the invisible man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, any closing thoughts uh, uh, about uh, the upcoming season? And, and uh, uh, Barry, I'll start with you. No, not really. I think we covered pretty much everything. The needs, the strength, the weaknesses. Hopefully they'll stay healthy for a change. And they've they've certainly got the pitching, and uh, I'm looking forward to what BVW. Yes, we we want we want we we want to be cool here. What BVW's next move will be? If you remember last year, we were even you were praising Sandy that the market had come back to him because he waited it out and signed Jay Bruce and Todd Frazier. At lower lower contracts than they were anticipated to be getting. Of course, they both turned out to be disasters last year. <laughs> right. and, and good riddance to Jay Bruce. I mean, what 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 a what a, what a lousy season! And thank you, Seattle, for <laughs> take, taking him off the Mets' hands and pretty much clearing the way at first base for Alonzo. And uh, hopefully. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to the season again with the with the pitching. You always have a chance. You figure to be in pretty much every game, and with the better bullpen, hopefully better offense. I mean, has to be better and good health. The Mets should be okay. Well, at least uh, I think they're going to have a good season. I'm going to stay optimistic, as you would say. And at least when baseball is here and the Mets are playing, we can count on good weather. So, <laughs> and barbecue, <laughs> exactly barbecue. Yes, 
But uh, no, I think I, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see a, a, a decent season, maybe even better with that pitching. Like I said before, uh, I am really curious to see what Robinson Cano is gonna do, and that should be interesting to especially to see him in a Met uniform. Yeah, Robinson Cano should be interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. We're a month away from pitchers and catchers, right? A little over. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I'm going to be optimistic. All right. Uh, I think it's going to be a better season than last. I think we're going to be more competitive. Uh, really shored up the bullpen and brought in a couple of players. Uh, got rid of some dead wood. Uh, I think it's going to be a more competitive National League East. With the Mets playing well, and the Phillies, and, and the Nationals, and the Braves, uh, you're right, uh, Gary. Will uh, Kuna and Albies be uh, as good as they were last year? Who knows? Uh, but they are a dangerous team. Uh, Freddie Freeman still scares me every time he comes up in that that Mets. But I think it's going to be more competitive as long as they stay. Obviously, and this goes for everybody. You know, stay healthy. Uh, but to avoid that terrible month or month and a half last year of May and June, which was just couldn't win in June, won five games. That was that was just horrible. If we can stay away from that, you know they're going to be a, a competitive team in it. They're going to be in it. I hope they do what they did from the All Star break on. I think they had the best record in the NL East. So uh, you know it's there. Let's hope they can get out whatever they have to get out of that clay that he's molding there. Uh, let's hope he gets the molds out of winter. And, and they have a better coaching staff yeah. this yeah. time around. Yeah, well, they, right. we've got a, a manager. Right, we've got right. a manager in his Great second point. year. Right, you're right. So maybe they won't bat out of order this year. <laughs> and they got a bench coach who knows the National That's League. Right. Yeah. 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 So that makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to a you know really good season for Zach Wheeler. He showed a great second half yeah. last year, and let's hope he can continue that into uh, 2019 this season. Because if they do, watch out; they're going to be really, uh, really good. And do it for the boys of '69. You know, 50 year anniversary. Wouldn't it be nice to repeat that and bring home a world championship for Ed Cranepool and Tom Seaver and. Art Shamsky and all those guys and, and the late Ed Charles and, and uh, uh, Buddy Harrelson. Uh, it would be great to do it one more time. But, uh, and it will be great to uh, unveil a statue of Tom Seaver <laughs> during that weekend. <laughs> and, and Mrs. Payson, they, they really should do something for Mrs. Payson. She yeah. has really no recognition. And I know my friend uh, Michael LaCollid, he's on a... Uh, uh, other people on a one-man campaign to bring in the statue of Tom Seaver. He's on a one-man campaign to get a statue for Mrs. Joan Payson, who, without her, uh, good or bad now, uh, not, all of this would be not possible. So, uh, you know, um, let's see what happens with all of that. But it, it seems like they're more open this year to uh, recognize Seaver and uh, that will be great to have a statue. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming and uh, spending this evening with me and uh, talking some Mets baseball. And uh, thanks again for showing up. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. It's always great to talk Mets baseball. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank all my guests again, Barry and Jeff and Len. 
And uh, I want to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or YouTube, wherever you listen or view the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. That helps me grow the show and expand it to new listeners. Not sure of the schedule. It might go every two weeks until we get into spring training every other week. Uh, but uh, that's why you got to subscribe so you know when a new episode coming out. And remember, until the next time, to keep the faith, stay optimistic. And let's go Mets! Mets. <laughs> Good night, everybody.